This episode of Oscar Poker contains slight spoilers for Brooklyn and Room. So if you know nothing about those movies and you don't want to hear anything about them, um, you might want to skip the parts where we talk about them. We are joined today with Eric Anderson from Awards Watch. Oscar Poker. They're gonna set my soul, set my soul on fire. Whole lot of money that's ready to burn. So get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand little pretty boys waiting out there. They're all living devil may care. Well, I'm the devil with love despair. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Okay. Okay. So we were starting out with a discussion. We we briefly got into By the Sea, which just showed had its big premiere at the AFI Fest, and uh, Sasha and I were uh, mixed. I wasn't negative mixed. I was just kind of um, underwhelmed somewhat, but I wasn't at all, you know, like uh, turned off or pissed off. Let me, you know, wanted to leave or anything like that. It was it was actually fairly en- engrossing in certain ways. It it, it wasn't by, all, by any means a, a wipeout. Um, but I don't think it's going to like, do anything with the public, and except for the really devoted, uh, the really faithful, and that's what Sasha was saying when you came back in. Okay, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm not down at AFI. Why, did, I, why, did, why didn't you go? It's kind of a big deal. It is. I just, you know, I, I can't go to. I'm way up in wine country, so any any travel I do has to be. What do you mean you're up in wine country? What does that mean? I, I live up in Sonoma County above San Francisco. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you were somewhere in the South Bay or something. No, no, no. Yeah, no, he so, lives up north, so it's not, yeah. it's not like... But you're going to probably see it at the Napa Valley Film Festival, right, coming up? Yeah, that's like next week. Yeah. yeah. That's, a fun, that's a fun festival. I know. We were, Jeff and I were going to go last year, and we totally bailed yeah. at the last minute, but we were scheduled to go. And it was a lot of a lot of trouble to get for them to to agree to you know give us a room and everything. But then uh, I just couldn't at the last minute. My fault, totally my fault. I wish I had gone because it's a pleasure when you're there. It is. It's it's unique that that festival. I would definitely go again if I could, but I just there's no way. And they didn't even invite me this time. So because <laughs> yeah, so, what a pain in the ass those people are. <laughs> I know we were such a huge pain in the ass. We and Jeff, yeah. they had to jump through hoops to do this thing, and then it was oh. on top of which I'm I'm prostituting my services to the Key West film <laughs> uh, the 18th. And last for five days. What's so funny? That's what that's what it is. Prostitute. Everybody does this. I don't know. I think maybe a prostitute in Key West maybe isn't what you had in mind. But yeah, I'm pouring out, whoring myself out, pouring myself giving out, them, giving them some attention to people that read me here, and they benefit, <laughs> and I benefit by getting a nice, you know, four and a half days in the in the sun in Key West. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, unless you get hit by a monster hurricane. And it's, a, and it's a cultured festival also. Uh, Eric Cohn of IndieWire is one of their advisors. And oh, I love Eric. You know, they're, you know, good people are, are involved in it. They're playing the same films that 
they had in Savannah and that they're that any good film, probably Napa for all I know. I haven't checked the, the rundown, but yeah, Napa's like Spotlight, Carol, you know, yeah. stuff stuff that's already shown everywhere. There's exactly. no, I mean, yeah. it's, it, Napa isn't like a world premiere kind of place. Yeah, it's more like Hamptons and you know Middleburg yeah. and all that. But it's um, but it's great. I know a woman who actually just goes from film festival to film festival. Like that's her whole life, and and she gets probably paid every time. Nice hotel room, gets to see different places. I mean that <clears throat> that's not a bad gig, you know. That's not you... a bad gig. That's what I'm hoping to do next year. <laughs> next year, I'm, I'm I want to be like my big uh, hit every festival year. Yeah, mm. junk at horror city, man. Yeah, <laughs> just out of curiosity, not, not not that I don't want Spotlight to get all the attention that, but now it, that it has opened, well, I guess it hasn't opened everywhere. So that's how they're playing it at these festivals. It hasn't. It won't quite make the wide break. What for another two weeks, right? Two weeks, I think. I think, I think it was a, a very small break this weekend. Next five week, it was a bigger, right? And but then it, it opened two weeks, huge, since. though, huge. Yeah, in those five it's theaters. a dead. Huge, yeah. like sixty thousand per theater average. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it breaks any records because I I have never kept track of that, but. But See already, already the 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 the, the virus is, is part of our speech. It has to break a record for us to be really impressed. No, I'm just saying I don't know if it did, but I can tell just by looking at it that it's sixty thousand is huge. It's yeah. it's 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 good. It's not great. I mean, you know, something like Imitation Game last year was like one hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, okay. That's so I, I mean, you, you you have to get well over a hundred thousand for a live action movie to be in the in the record you area. Mean with- I mean, even like Steve Jobs did better. Even with five theaters, they were mm-hmm. hundred. They were hundred something thousand with five theaters. Yeah, it was. It was interesting to see that Spotlight Brooklyn and Trumbo all debuted in five theaters with mm-hmm. pretty dramatically different results. Right. But it's really. But well, Trumbo I, didn't do so well. You're saying no, right? not not very. But it doesn't. <laughs> it's not going to have the same appeal as mm-hmm. as the other two. But I think I think and I hope that people kind of back away a little bit from opening weekend stuff, especially for limited releases, because it's really more about legs. It's not about, yeah, of course. It's not about the opening weekend. Exactly. Because, and right. Steve Jobs is a perfect example of that. Mm. Had a huge limited, you know, release and people were like, oh wow, it's gonna be huge and fantastic. And and then Social it network. wasn't. And mm-hmm. then it died so fast. Like yeah. really fast. But some something like Spotlight or or Brooklyn is is gonna be much more dependent on 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 having healthy legs and they both should have pretty pretty good runs yeah i know brooklyn's gonna do really well because it's gonna do very well it's it's such an emotional movie and and i keep hearing people like every five minutes someone will tell me oh my god did you see brooklyn like i haven't had seen that response to a movie in a while like that intense of a response so such an old school poise and class and so well rendered in every way imaginable except for the two things that i have a problem with but they're minor problems but you well, know, I mean, I, I think it's you know. probably, if I'm being honest, and we were we in the podcast that we just did, we talked about this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's looking at twenty to thirty million really as a ceiling. It's it's not it's it, it seems to me it would be difficult for it to have a, a bigger and broader appeal. I'll bet you're wrong on that. Here's why well, you're that's, wrong. That's Here's why you're wrong. No, no, wait, wait. Let me tell you okay. why you're wrong. The Irish, okay. the Irish community is going to go bananas for it. They're all going to go out and see it. Olders, you know what you're seeing with Irish Bridge of community. Spies? Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a movie for old people. But, no, no, you know. when you're looking at Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies is all the over 60 set. They're driving the box office now. Why do you think that there are so many movies like Grandma? I mean, not driving 
big box office, but they're certainly yeah. driving limited, and they're Eric, all going to come out. You shouldn't soon. characterize it as a person a movie for old people. You can take your mom to it, and she will like it, but that doesn't mean it's a movie for old people. Because no, really no, but it, movies, movies that are heavily nostalgia based have have a very you know specific demo, and and obviously that's you know the the Sunday matinee market you know will explode for something like brooklyn that's but why I, I think it's going to go higher than 30 because it's also getting the art house crowd it's got the sundance indie cred i mean people are going crazy for this movie young people not just older people um i think it's going to go higher i'm going to predict 50 to 60 not that i know anything about box office predictions because uh, I, I yeah i mean that's I, I i think it's tough because you know fox searchlight doesn't really they're not big on they don't have a lot of big box office hits right. other than like Slumdog Millionaire. Um, so if, if this was, say, Weinstein in a better year, I, I think I think that it might have more visibility. It's the visibility that that will be difficult. But if it has good word, or word of mouth, then it will last throughout the whole season. And it will because it already does. I mean, it was hard to get for Fox Searchlight to get me to see this movie. Like, I had written it off in my head and just thinking, okay, it's probably really good, but, you know, I kind of already know what the movie is going in and I don't really need to see it because I already know what it is. I mean, need to see it immediately. They mm -hmm. actually set up a special screening for me just to see. They said, you got to see this movie. So my daughter and I went out and they had this whole theater just rented for us. It's the only time it's ever happened to me mm -hmm. to go into a screening room with just me and her to see this movie and and so <clears throat> i admit that that was part of it because we both loved it but um and so it was it was a quite a moving experience i don't think i stopped crying all the way through the movie and i happen to notice glenn kenny's review said exactly the same thing like he started crying in the first five minutes and he didn't stop and he said some of those were happy tears and some were sad tears but that's how i felt too like i just was moved all the way through it and you don't see a lot of movies like that. Um, what exactly mean, do you think, uh, in 25 words or less, moved you to the point of tears about that film? Now, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying. Well, no, that's is okay. It? Um, <laughs> it was the main character. It was her. Um, but what is that? What about her? What, she what just is an incredibly about? sympathetic character. See, that's unfortunately what Angelina was trying to do with By the Sea is actually what Brooklyn achieved. Angelina's film is so much about feel sorry for me. Like, mm -hmm. look at how pathetic and sad I am. Feel sorry for me. I... Well, she's kind of numb and cigarettes and, you know, yeah, kind but it's of staring like, at the I, sea. I, you know, when she yeah. jumps, I was hoping that it was like a suicidal movie, but it wasn't. But, you know, <laughs> she jumps in the water and she comes out and she's like, now my outsides match my insides. And, you know, she's she's crippled with grief over her mother, crippled with grief over her, you mm. know, infertility and all this stuff. And, <clears throat> you know, you never really sit there and feel sorry for her because she's too busy sort of feeling sorry for herself in the movie. It's but, funny you say that. Uh, that's precisely the thought that I had when she's on the rock. Uh, overlook uh, on the cliff and I thought Jesus what if she kills herself now <laughs> then it's going to be all Brad and, and his and maybe you know what, what's going to happen but that, that would be a really radical thing oh to do oh my god that would have been the most awesome thing ever if they had done that you know why wait like whoa where did that come from what that this is very yeah. this is like taking the paintbrush and just slashing it across the the canvas and she's, uh, she's, I, I tell you something about her as a director. She's really good at the erotic stuff, the stuff where they're looking through the peephole and they're watching Melanie Laurent have sex with her husband. That mm -hmm. stuff is highly erotic. It's really well filmed. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you. What, why are you laughing, Eric? <laughs> oh, nothing. Because it just, it, you know, we were talking about Brooklyn and then you guys are like, oh, yeah, back sorry. Up, we're, we're like back. obsessed okay, okay. With, with by the sea. No, no, for no. Not I'll, having go back, it so much. I'll go back to Brooklyn and say that what, what moved me about it was <laughs> she was, um, um, 
you know, she just, she was such a sad character at first. She's just so unsure of herself and she's trying to make it in the world. And she's, um, she's so smart and, you know, um, shy and, and withdrawn mm. and, and all the little, little tiny humiliations she suffers on the way. And then the tiny successes and, you know, you're just, she just, it's just one of those movies where you root for the character, like Slumdog Millionaire is another one of those where you just, I rooted for her a lot, but again, I'm asking you, what is it that made you get all teary eyed? I didn't get that. I don't know. I just, I'm telling you, I just didn't stop. I wasn't like sobbing, but like tears were streaming out of my face the whole time I was watching it. <laughs> and I walked out of there. I was like, Jesus, I've never had a movie affect me like that. Um, it was every little thing that she did, everything that happened to her when she goes and she tries to get a job and her boss is kind of mean to her. And then her boss is sort of nice to her and her yeah. being embarrassed about her swimsuit and then, mm-hmm. you know, falling in love and, and, you know, getting her, her, you know, letters from her sister and how sad her sister was and how mm-hmm. her sister never had her dreams fulfilled. And then she goes back and her mom, you know, it's just her sister you, dies. Just, I mean, just <laughs> one thing, did you feel a little bit turned off? Just a little bit. Like she's married this guy, a very sweet young man who he's a, he's a plumber. He's, he's not Irish. He's Italian, but he's, he's really got all the, 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 the right, qualities he's he's loyal you can just tell he's he's a a good catch good pick and then she they get married kind of quietly then she goes back to ireland to um uh, mourn for her sister and the the funeral and then she starts to almost immediately uh allow herself to get caught up in nostalgia for the homeland and this new attention coming from don hall gleason and all of a sudden she's thinking about blowing off her husband she wasn't I was thinking. Saying to myself, why? She, what she was though, and that's that's one of the things I that I really didn't like about the movie is that I didn't buy for one second that she was not going to make the decision that she ultimately makes. Same I don't want to spoil here, and that's anything. That's why I'm saying there, but, that she doesn't. That, that so, it doesn't so that's, enter her but mind. But that's but that's the problem. There's no actual stakes involved when the answer is completely obvious, especially to the audience. Um, it's that, that, I mean, that's why I couldn't get invested in it. There was nothing about it that was not clearly going to happen. It was, it was just, and Domino Gleason was, is dull as fuck. So yeah. it's just like, are you, it's, there's, the stakes are never there. All he does I, I didn't is want, but see, you guys it. were looking for a story yeah. about her torn between two lovers. And that's exactly why I liked the movies because it wasn't that it wasn't about her loving it's, this guy. She didn't need to love him. What it was no, about no, no. Was that's not what I'm saying fulfilling. at all. It was about her fulfilling what she could have had if she had never left. This is what her life would have been. And it's all mapped out for her. And she gets a chance to go back and see what her life would have been if she left when she was in America. All mm-hmm. she did was think about Ireland and, and wonder what her life would have been like if she'd had a job, if she'd mm-hmm. had a suitor, she she goes back. She can have a job. She can have a suitor. They're practically handed to her on a silver platter. But guess what? She's changed. And that isn't who she wants to be anymore or what she wants. She wants to go to the new country and, and experience this great new life with this man that she loves. I knew that the whole time, but it sure. was nice. It's, just, to it's, see it's it all confirmed. too easy. That's, that's, my, big, that's my, my thing. It was too easy. Mm, I disagree. I don't think it was supposed to not be easy. Like, that's the whole point. It's not about a, a sad, poor immigrant, you know, crawling up on the shores of America. You know, it's no, not it's not that. Marianne Cotillard in The Immigrant. Exactly. It's, a whole, it's an entirely different story, which is fine because they don't they don't all need to be the same. There should be diversity and varied uh, versions of of immigration. I just mm. I just found there's it. A, <clears throat> there's a thing. Land. 
I, I understand that. I understand that. But again, I don't think that's the problem with the movie. But here's the <laughs> thing. I think that, um, you know, there's a thing in cinema that happens. It's, it's magic of the movies that you know the ending's coming. And Hitchcock writes about this. He said, and, and you know, a lot of great filmmakers talk about this, is, is that when you know the ending is coming it, and you're giving the audience what they want and you're giving it to them in a way that they're not expecting. And Emma and I were sitting there with each other. Both of us had fallen in love with her husband. Emma especially, we were like, who is that? With Emery Cohen? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were, like, both smitten. Don't don't you think he's a little short? Why did they cast a short guy? I don't know. He's really cute. He looks like Marlon Brando. I'm I'm, I'm not here for for anti-short talk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but but he was so cute. It's unconventional for the boyfriend, the husband, to be shorter. I know, but Emma and I were saying to each other, there's no way she's not going to end up with this guy. There's no way she's not going to end up. We knew it was coming that she was going to, but it was still just delicious to watch anyway. It's just like in Slumdog Millionaire when he gets the girl and it's a happy ending. Like, you know that shit's coming. You know a happy ending's coming. They're never going to cheat you out of that happy ending. And Oh, and well, don't don't mistake. I'm, I'm not saying that I don't like a happy ending or know that the uh, what the ending is going to be. I just like when the 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 journey there is more deserved and earned and i just didn't feel like it was earned i felt like it was just all everything happened for her yeah i I get that but i think for me the 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 part of the growing and the changing and the conflict had all come before she went to ireland that was just sort of the period on the end of the sentence for me and Mm -hmm. the the advertising is a little misleading because it makes you think that the whole movie is going to be about a struggle between choosing between the two places there was never a struggle for her she always knew she was going to go back to her husband but she was sort of placating the notion that this is what her mom would want her to do spoiler alert Oh, sorry. It's yeah. been out long enough, hasn't it? Forgot it to just say. came out. Actually, this actually makes me. I have a question for both of you guys um, because you, Sasha, you just mentioned that you saw this with your daughter in a theater by yourself, correct? Yeah. Is is the impact of seeing something with a general audience versus, say, a press audience versus by yourself have impact for you? Comedies how you feel about the movie. Always. If you see comedies with uh, with a regular audience, uh, they tend to laugh more if it's funny, and sure. and and critics tend to be a little more uh, hey hey than laugh. You know, yeah, uh, I've noticed that. Have, poker, haven't you? They're poker face. But here's the interesting yeah. thing about that, though, is that mm. well, for one thing, let me just tell you about Brooklyn and Room have both been getting these weird reports of like standing ovations and enthusiastic responses, and and I didn't get that response in either of the screenings of these movies that I've seen. But also I can tell you that I watched a couple of really bad movies at the Savannah Film Festival and that crowd was really into it. They were really into the movies and they were cheering and laughing and having a great time. It still didn't make me like the movie, you know what I mean? So I think that was a good way to test whether or not that that holds true. They cheered and laughed with Meg Ryan's movie? (laughs) Well, they didn't laugh, but they were cheering, yeah. Oh, okay. They were totally involved in it. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think that part of that, and this is something I always find at film festivals, when there's a QA and a or the star directors there, the response to it is a much more exaggerated version. Yeah, I know, but you'd think that that you would catch on to the enthusiasm and it would change the way you regard the movie. Um, And I think sometimes if the movie's good enough, it will, it can. Like, I'll never Mm -hmm. forget seeing E.T. on a sneak screening when I was speaking of E.T., R.A.P. Melissa Matheson, but... um, Mm -hmm. 
I was a, just a teenager or whatever. I was a Spielberg fan already, but I had no idea we were going to see this movie. My sister and I had waited in line for a different movie, and they said, oh, you're going to see this movie called E.T., directed by Steven Spielberg. Obviously, back then, I wasn't hooked into movie news, so I didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. But it got a standing ovation, and I've never really experienced anything like that again mm-hmm. in a movie where it wasn't a screening crowd. It wasn't a you know an opening night. The celebrities weren't there. It was just a screening, a surprise screening of E.T., and everybody stood up at the end. It was just intense. Mm. I really loved, I, I mentioned this in the column recently, that uh, there was something really special about when that film was just being shown to the critic crowd in New York when I was living there back in 82. And it was really something, because just some people had seen it and some hadn't, and I just felt so special about that film. And then once it became celebrated and a huge hit, it just seemed to lose something. Mm. Um there's something about the vulgarity of the crowd that always seems to... Oh, um, my goodness. What's wrong? Vulgarity. You mean for, for E.T.? I think that's what I, he's saying, it, yeah. It, it just didn't feel as... Uh, I felt that it was such a... It was a little film. You know, it wasn't a, a big impact film. It was, it was primarily personal matters and, and family matters. And I just felt it was more appropriate. It felt better when it wasn't hugely popular. I'm not trying to be a snide... Uh, no, no, no. You know, I'm just felt, it just felt when it was smaller, uh, when it was small and intimate and quiet, more or less quiet. And, and there was, uh, you know, mostly it was family issues is what it came down to. And it was really quite, quite touching. Well, the fanboys sort of ruin everything. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. it's their weird, like, eternal youth enthusiasm that, that yeah. makes all of this feel like, you know, I'm going to get my mm. toys and my popcorn and I'm going to be a child forever and watch these mm. movies, you know, and it just, at some point right. you want to distance yourself from that if you're over the age of 30. Right. Yeah, I, I, I saw it in the theater twice and mm. I'm obviously much younger than you guys are. So, I, <laughs> but I... <laughs> Well, you're certainly younger than me. I, I was a child. That. I was just a child. Um, but no, I I became like obsessed with it, and I cried the first time I saw it. But the second time I saw it, I was it, like inconsolable. Oh no! It was. It was. It was I, I don't know. It was such an intense emotional experience, and I think you hit on something about that, Jeff that it was less about, you know, the science fiction element and it was more about the family element. Yeah. And that's what, for personally, that's what really drove my, my love for it at the time. Yeah. There's, a, there's a look on Henry Thomas's face at the very, very... has, uh, you know, E.T. has left, and there's a look of, of that is over. I have grown into the next phase, whatever that's going to be. But the little kid that I was at the very beginning, I am no longer that kid because I am accepting that that part of me, that emotional part of me is going away in a sense. Not just flying away, but also I, that, that person I was. It's, it's really a, a chapter change in his life. And I thought that was very, very moving, that look on his face. And um, we have to, yeah, I agree. And we have to really give credit to Melissa Matheson for having written such great characters. I mean, the thing yeah. about E.T. that's so special is that the mom is a great character. She's going through a divorce. You know, she has yeah. her whole character arc on the film. And the little sister, Drew Barrymore, is, has all the best lines, you know. She's just like, I taught him how to talk now. He can talk yeah. now. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and then the older brother, you know, this great older brother who's like all annoyed with his little brother, but then even he 
comes into it to help E.T., you know. And Can then, I of course, E.T. E. himself, which is was one of the most incredible characters. And I was like, you too, Eric, the first time I saw it. When when he first when E.T. first dies, and he's Ugh, like, he, yeah, I, I love you. And you're sitting there. I mean, only Spielberg, in my opinion, could take me to such emotional lows and highs in the same film. The only other time that happened was Terms of Endearment. But it was like... Oh, God, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> but, like, when he dies in E.T., you're just like... A wreck. And then when he comes back to life, the joy you feel. I mean, I'm talking about the first time you see him when you don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen, you know. Oh, yeah. no. that's It's it's a perfect example to me of, of how to properly manipulate the audience in a way that is actually really good and not just kind of gross. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, you know, vulgar to use uh, Jeff's word. Um, it's the vulgarity of the crowd. I didn't say yes. It. It's just if the you, way that they tend to change the the atmosphere in the room changes when a lot of people get into it. Sure. If you don't have the investment the in a character or a person or a, a film, you know, yeah. killing killing them or do or doing something really horrible doesn't have the the intended impact. But right. you know, something like that just I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did an interview with uh, Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore for Us magazine in a hotel room, and uh, and I was told early on going in that it had been decided by the handlers of the film, and I was shocked at this because I was very very touched by Robert McNaughton's, uh, you know, the older brother's performance. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes on, you know. How you doing, faker? You yeah, know, exactly. you know so, uh, all, all those great moments. I mean, he really held up his end and then some. I thought it was a complete trio. That was involved, in, along with uh, uh, with uh, the mom, of course, yeah. D. Wallace. Uh, yeah, D. Wallace, and and I was comp- there was it wasn't you know Henry and and Drew. It was also Robert McNaughton, and they cut him out. They just said oh. we're, we've decided we're going to focus on Henry and Drew because they're they're younger and they're cuter and they're yeah. kind of so they basically said uh, he's not being interviewed. Oh, it's a really, guy. wow. Oh, he's That's great. too bad. He's great in E.T. He's great. They're all three great. I just love that movie so much. But it's one of those I've seen so many times that I almost can't even ever watch it again because I've seen it Can't so watch it anymore either. I mean, hundreds of times we're talking here that I've seen yeah. it. So, I mean, yeah. know yeah. every line, you know, I've tried to show it to Emma a couple of times. and mm. So, um, let's get Perfect. down to the Oscars, shall we? Yeah, let me, oh, let yeah. Me, let me ask something about... <laughs> about I, I raised this in a, in a, a, a couple of days ago. I said... And this is very, very late, always slow, never always like two, three weeks later than what the other most people are thinking. But what is the reason for, as I put it, the curious holding power right now amongst the gurus of gold projections for Best Picture of Bridge of Spies, a, a movie that is nobody has been over the moon about. And I was is, over the moon about. I know I don't count, but I was. I loved Bridge of Spies. Most people, you know perfectly well, <laughs> Sasha, are, know, are know, know. respecting of it. They respect it. It's okay. But it's not, you know, come on. Nobody's going nuts over it. And yet, for some bizarre reason, it's at the number four spot ahead of what the what I said, uh, you know, we have this discussion online, but, you know, to, to, to deny that uh, if you're, as long as you're spitballing, to, to say that the Inuritu is below Bridge of Spies, it's ridiculous. Well, I don't understand There's really that, no basis but for I'll, that. I'll tell you something. Um, the thing that surprised me about that Gurus of Gold was um, mm-hmm. was that they had him all projected for Best Director. Like, I was thinking, I don't even dare dream Spielberg? that Spielberg will get a, a Best Director nomination. He wasn't even on my list of five. Oh. I was thinking George Miller or anybody else but Spielberg, because sure. he's been nominated Personal. so many times. But I looked at Gurus, and there they were. They all had 
Steven mm. Spielberg on there. So now I think, okay, well, now I've got to reassess that. But I don't think he'll get a nomination for it. The, the, here's what's driving the Bridge of Spies punditry is the box office. I think people are surprised it's doing as well and hanging in as well as it is. I think that's what's surprising people. So that, okay. And they also are thinking the Academy, they're older, they're over 60s. They're the people that really like that kind of movie. Um, that's, I mean, that's certainly where I'm coming from with it and with, with uh, the my Gold Rush gang. They're in the same. We have Bridges Spies at number four in Best Picture and Spielberg at number five. But that's oh. pretty recent. Yeah. Because it's gone through oh. dips early in the year. Everybody was like, yes, it's totally happening. And then over summer, it, other things took its place. And then as it's, you know, going from New York Film Festival to its box office, it's definitely come back as the... Here's the staid, traditional, uh, Ampus-style movie. Right, but but that, could get knocked out by any of these other, just like Hateful Eight or any of these other movies that if they do well, mm-hmm, they might absolutely. bump it, right? It and, could. How you, and how do you explain what everybody... If you, you can be mixed on the reaction to Bridge of Spies, but the, there's no question that the general sense of things now is that Steve Jobs has been, is a kind of failure. It really is. It's not a... Um, it's not kind of a failure. It is all right, a it is failure. failure. Oh, yeah. God. Well, Eric hated I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be gentle about it. but oh, Eric yeah. hated it. <laughs> I did. I did hate the movie. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> he hated it. So, um, I mean... And, and in 25 words, you're, you hated it because... Michael Fassbender was miscast. Yeah, yeah he was and, the use of the three different styles of, of filmmaking for each section did not work. Was a great right. idea that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. I feel right. so stupid that I didn't even pick up mm-hmm. on that. I feel like. But I mean, idiot. and I know it's going to be more than twenty-five words. But the other thing that was just kind of really weird, and I'm going to use the same phrase I used in the podcast that I did this morning, is that it felt like cinematic blue balls. <laughs> because each no, you section- said jizz. <laughs> I said jizz last time, so um, each section, you know, is building up to the the demo of you know each each product each each time, and then it cuts right as the right demo is about yeah. to start to to do the next thing. And the same and, issues are raised. The and same it's, thing yeah. about Apple too. Everything it's mm-hmm. all over again. Exactly. It just it was redundant, repetitive, and mm-hmm. just really unengaging. Right. And the last ten minutes are just the most horrid. <laughs> Horrid! It's awful. I think he, lo- he, lo- he loves the daughter at the end. He decides that maybe he can claim to be her biological dad. And it's he- an entirely different movie. But yeah. I liked that last part. That's probably because I'm a girl. I have to just own that. But I did. I liked the uh, the ending because I'd kind of fallen asleep the first time I saw it. <laughs> it, was <late. laughs> it was late and it was Telluride and they did this long Q and A beforehand with Danny Boyle and and then mm-hmm. they showed the movie and I just thought, oh God, I'm so tired. I'm never gonna make it through. And I did. I was nodding off at the end, so I didn't. So the second time I saw it, I was like, oh wow, yeah, that's really great. You know, mm-hmm. I really liked. See, this was a perfect example for me of a movie that doesn't earn its ending, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that I that I was so that I hated so much about it is that. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the ending itself that was that was terrible. It was the, you know, 100 minutes that uh, before that, or 110 minutes that right. that led up to it. It just it it wasn't earned. It wasn't. I mean, and that's even removing the accuracy of it, which is completely zero. Right. Well, you got to forget you, that. It's not. But yeah, problem. even removing that entirely as 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 just a film on its own, it just to me didn't earn the ending. 
It's really, yet, it's, it's all yet. about Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. And, and if you, if you're into Aaron Sorkin and you're into his writing, this kind of Aaron Sorkin, not, you know, tamped down Fincher Aaron Sorkin, but, but Aaron newsroom Aaron Sorkin, where he's sort of like uncorked and giving mm-hmm. speeches and, you know, really just, you know, savaging the page with his writing. And, and that's really what Steve Jobs is. Steve Jobs is not about, in my opinion, Steve Jobs or anybody else. Yeah. It's about Aaron Sorkin and ego and, um, and great dialogue, you know? Oh, yeah, everybody gets their big emotional Oscar speeches, all all the main characters, and even Seth Rogen gets, like, two of them. Yeah. Um, what do you do, exactly? Seth Rogen. Oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't uh, like Seth Rogen? I played God. the orchestra, of course. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Fine. But, I mean, that's, again, and that's why the last ten minutes, again, failed for me, because the, the dialogue was nothing like before. Yeah. Oh, it I was it was like an attempt of someone to make an emotional speech that's never written emotional characters before. Right. It's it's sort of like they're redeeming an unredeemable character. And the thing about Steve Jobs is, if you watch Alex Gibney's doc, he oh, is, which he, is awesome. It's he's that's he's pretty actually, good. I saw that uh, about two months ago. That's pretty good, actually. Steve Jobs that's is pretty- unredeemable. I mean, he's, yeah. yes, he died of cancer. Yes, he gave us the iPhone and Apple products, but the dude was an asshole, a deep-seated <laughs> asshole. You know what I mean? So to kind of give up on that at the end, I know they have to do it. They can't just make a movie about an asshole. I guess then you have social network. Sure they can. But, I, you know, you that know. would have been pretty cool if they'd stuck to it and not softened him. That would have been, I would have actually respected that. And, oh, me and, too, immensely. You know, yeah. If he had just said, fuck you to his daughter for yeah, instance at yeah. the end. So remember the uh, the ending, the famous legendary ending of, of HUD, uh, Paul Newman, you know, he, he keep waiting for him to have his moment of, you know, God, I'm a terrible person. I've got to do something. I've got to change. I've got to open up. Instead, he looks at Brandon DeWilda, who's leaving. He can't doesn't live with him anymore. And he takes a swig of beer and he says, ah, fuck it. And just closes the door. That's it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a great ending. God, does anybody I mean, make movies so like exciting. that anymore? Like nobody makes movies like that anymore. Not on a big scale. I think it's good. So let's just, let me just say, because I have to defend Steve Jobs since I'm the only one here who seemed to like the movie. Um, I just think that, uh, I think that that kind of writing and that kind of sort of commitment to something really strange like that, I think is worth praising. And I know that the guy I saw it with the night that I saw it at the Academy hated it from the beginning um, all the way through, hated the movie. And I could tell from the crowd that they weren't all into it. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't a an enthusiastic response at the Academy to this movie. So let's talk. I mean, I'm, I'm not ready quite only because of who the people are. Danny Boyle, um, Aaron Sorkin. I'm just not quite ready Scott Rudin to abandon the movie completely and to say there's no way it's getting in. But what do you guys think it's Oscar chances are at this point? I still think it's, it's, it's screenplay supporting actress and lead actor are, are in good shape. Although Fassbender is in like my number five, I think he's vulnerable because he's a non-campaigner and there are a lot of other actors that are ready and willing to to, to take that place. I completely but, concur. He is vulnerable and he, he does very. not campaign to my knowledge, right? He Winslet, it, Winslet's not. She's, she's, she's in. She's okay. She's fine. She's, yeah. See, that's funny. I read it exactly the opposite way, but I, I think she's in too. And the one, one reason I think Steve Jobs could be in for Best Picture and don't count it out yet is that Obviously, the Academy's ruled by actors, and actors are going to love this movie. This is a showcase for actors, and they're going to be all over it. So that's one thing to consider, that um, hmm. actors are, you know, 1,200 
in the academy that's almost mm-hmm. like three times the size of any of the other categories. So it's, it's always worth considering what the actors are going to like. So for me, it's still in there for Best Picture. Scott so why is Steve Jobs, do you think, uh, this is one other point I brought up, as its reputation is as we speak, why is it ahead of Carol in the view of the, what happened to Carol? Is Carol floundering? Oh. What's going oh, on? With it that? shouldn't be. I'm so angry at some of the pundit response to Carol and predictions. I'm just well, like, what do you think about that? Because I sort of feel it too. Um, I know I talked to somebody who I won't name, but he said that he. Sorry about my doggy. Mm-hmm. Is that he said that um, he thought that that uh, the Weinstein's were going to put all of their might behind Hateful Eight and not and not back Carol. But I haven't really noticed that. Like I see a lot of press for Carol out there. I know that, that a couple of people I talked to out of Telluride said that they didn't understand why people loved it so much. Straight guys, right? Didn't understand why people loved it so much. And, and was one guy said he was bothered by it. He felt that Cape Blanchett was pred- predatory in it. And Wow. Um, but I didn't feel that way at all, obviously. I love the movie, but I do sense a little bit of... They felt that Blanchett was predatory? That's she what said? I had heard. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not going to say she, who. But she broke it off. What do you mean? What do they Just mean? Just that, that she seemed old, so old, too much older than um, Rooney. Mara. And she, and she's the pursuer. That's why. Right. She's the pursuer, and Rooney Mara is this, you know, semi. Uh, well, it wouldn't work for Rooney Mara, who's somewhat ambivalent about who she is anyway at the beginning, to be the pursuer. So how is it going to happen? Well, no, that's, exactly. I'm not it has to happen. You, you the guys way can't argue with me about it. I don't think that that's what I saw. Yeah. I didn't see that movie at all. I mean, I love yeah. the movie, and I think it's beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I do sense that, and I don't think it's the subject matter. I don't think it's the film itself. I think it's that that the can fatigue of a movie that starts in can. And just can't m- maintain or withstand its buzz um, all the way through to the end. I think that I've seen that now for the last couple of years where a movie that does really well there just can't quite hold through. Because all these other movies people are talking about. And, and a lot of that is because people like me and Jeff or whatever go to Cannes. And we're sick of talking. You know, we've, we've done the Carol mm-hmm. thing. So now we're moving on to all these other movies. Whereas if you just see Carol right now... If people were just seeing it, that's all they'd be talking about. It'd probably be as buzzed about as like uh, Room or Brooklyn or one of these later. Even though Brooklyn was seen in Sundance, it didn't really start to catch on, I don't think, until like right now. Maybe it's because people are very hungry around the time of May, can. Exactly. It's because you want, you want to see something that's going to make, you know, really make a lasting impact. And I was, I was extremely gratified and, and, and I felt very, um, uh, new, you know, I, I was getting good food, you know, good nutritious food from Carol. That's a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful movie. And I, yeah. so Eric, what do you mean by the pundits and all that? What do you mean? I, I just, I mean, I, I keep, I keep hearing the same, uh, argument that it's too cold, that it's mm-hmm. um, that the Academy doesn't like Todd Haynes because of Far From Heaven, even though that was 13 years ago. I just I don't buy it. Um, and well, Sasha said that too that the Camry doesn't seem to like Haynes. I, I think I, that's I, true. They they did completely shunned one of my favorite films of all time. I'm not there. They gave. Uh, Kate Blanchett, the only nomination, she didn't even win, which she should Yeah, have. but that was, I mean, that was, I, I don't believe for a moment that that had any chance outside of that. It Tilda was Swinton too, beat Kate Blanchett. For, yeah, but it was, it was, insane. it was too, it was still too, too art house. And this isn't, this isn't as, as much. Um, I, know, I think, but it, if, I think it could saying, go absolutely I all the way. the Academy, you know, we have to take, we have to understand that they are and tend to be homophobic. 
They are. They're not homophobic against subject matter. They're homophobic against out gay directors. I've always found that to be true. They just are. Um, you don't see a lot of out gay directors getting nominated. I don't think that um, I have to just do a quick history check, but I don't think any out gay directors ever won. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that they hold that against Todd Haynes because he, because there's no other explanation. His movies are so great and I don't understand why they are shunning him. I hope that I was thinking that Weinstein handling it was going to bridge the gap and make the difference. And it still might. I mean, you, you won't meet a nicer, more affable person than Todd Haynes and a oh, more talented he's a, he's a great guy. He really that is. They've ignored him for so long is, is a stain. Mm. On yeah, I, and I just I think that that we're just in a different in a different period in a different era, and it's it's getting like really reductive talk like oh it's a female Brokeback Mountain and no it fucking oh, isn't I at all. I haven't heard that yet. Yikes! Oh my god, I want to like punch anybody that says that because it's so stupid. It's so not that because that was like you know puncturing a stereotype a cowboy movie you know that's why that was. Well, there is a, a resonant because Brokeback has uh, is about love being smothered by by society, and it nearly gets in the way of these two. So yeah, there is that element. You know, the old nineteen fifties uh, conservative uh, values that are that are interfering. But they no, don't absolutely, interfere because absolutely, they, absolutely. the but characters it is, triumph. It, it, it's such a completely different style of story, and mm-hmm. and I don't think people are taking into consideration just the difference between 2005 and 2015, yeah. um, and even calling it cold mm-hmm. uh, is is reductive too because Foxcatcher, mm-hmm. even though it missed out in Best Picture, still got in director you know two acting and screenplay. Mm-hmm. I, I, and honestly, I think Carol's going to play a little bit the opposite. I'm I have it in in picture but i have haynes missing director yeah unfortunately yes. yeah I, I, I should tell you also uh that when i saw it in uh fairly conservative or mildly conservative middleburg virginia at the middleburg film festival the real emotion of the night was for seeing meg ryan and her film uh carol came afterwards and the response i could just feel the room it was Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I've been hearing too. Like, it's, so it's sort of the opposite of what we experienced in Cannes, where it was sort of like, mm. "Wow, <laughs> that was an incredible." But we were the first person people to see it. You know, mm-hmm. then you have to deal with perception and buzz and all that other crap all the way back from May. You know what I mean? Like, that's a heavy load to carry. Right. For that. Long. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think of of anything that debuted at Cannes that Carol has the 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 best chance of. Take, taking it all the way to the end. Do you think it's not getting a push? Do you, do you think that that's a problem? I mean, do you feel that about it? Uh, I th- I think Weinstein might be a bit hesitant on it. Um, I would be very worried if I was them by hearing a lot of the pundit talk. Uh, so they're going to have to do something to, to counter it um, because it opens in, like, what, two weeks? A week and a half? So they're going to have to do something, and it's going to—I'm I'm worried about that. We were just talking about, you know, opening box office weekend and, and, you know, how much that's scrutinized. The opening box office of this is going to be heavily scrutinized, mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to have to do extremely well. Um, oh, my and it, God. That's uh, horrifying. It horrifying. just is. It's going to have to do well. It's going to have to do well at, at the Critics Awards, like either New York or L.A. or somebody big is going to have to— to really 
champion well, it. Here we are approaching mid-November, and I'm telling you, I have not felt a heavy drum beat. I have not felt the brass band, heard the brass band. I'm just not feeling the surge of energy from the Weinstein company about this. I'm, I, they're obviously putting it out there. They're not mm -hmm. abandoning it, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, I, I, I have to is. agree. And here's the thing. It was mid-November, right? Um, the first thing that's about to happen is the New York Film Critics will be giving out their prize and the National Board of Review at the same time. Any one of those, even the Golden Globes, I mean, even the, dis the, the you know, disreputable groups if they give a best picture nomination to carol or if i mean we should do our golden globe predictions at some point but if they gave a best prediction to carol if carol got an ensemble nod from the sag if it got a new york film or even the national board of review any of those will help to raise its profile although it's always really hard to tell like what's reality and what's like in the pundit bubble you know what i mean it's it's to me it's always really hard to know how that's gonna go absolutely and as we've discussed before nothing really matters until it's the actual industry awards anyway right right <clears throat> so hey, speaking of uh, what you listen to occasionally uh eric uh, you know mm -hmm. people who have seen films that haven't opened yet uh afi fest which is we're right in the midst of for down here they have two big openings later uh concussion is concussion at, uh, yeah uh, monday or tuesday and that's supposed to be a have a really um uh uh, strong, uh, really uh, possibly nominatable uh, Will Smith performance. I, I doubt that because of how he is uh, tends to be. I think he's perceived as a bit of a, as a of an eccentric and a bit of an oddball in a kind of a Tom Cruise mode. Yeah. And there's also the Big Short, which uh, everybody's very excited about. And that's the end of the week. But I was wondering before we get into those two, why do you think, and what have you heard about in the Heart of the Sea? Why is that not even? It's not even being. Uh, shown at, at the AFI Fest, which strikes me as odd, given that they had it almost ready to go last March, and then they decided, wait, hold, we have an idea. Let's wait until uh, you know early December Oscar season. Let's 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 you know give it a more proper thing. And here it is. This is an ideal way to start the conversation, and it's not even in that fest. Well, there's there's a, there's only two things that would that would make that happen. Either it's just a bad movie. Or Warner Brothers is just has no idea what they're doing this year. Or and they're I'm, trying to back one movie in and sacrificing all the others. Like I feel like they're kind of giving a weird short shrift to Creed, which I think could have been built up a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. But it seems like they're putting it all behind Black Mass, and I feel like Black Mass's fate right now is kind of. Um, I think that's pretty much over that movie, if you ask me. Uh, you know, I and I I do mostly as well, but uh, it is surprising that Johnny Depp is is doing the SAG screenings and Q and As after he's saying that he really kind of didn't want to. And Santa Barbara, he's doing a big career achievement award in Santa Barbara that he's getting that award, and that's unusual. Um, that's that's a good uh, call on Roger's part because he'll get a big crowd and it's good for his festival. But I don't think that Roger believes that he's going to be a Best Actor nominee. Do, do oh, you yeah. believe he is? I do, of course. You can even because, he's a big star. Be, he's, he, because uh, of the makeup? Because of the hair? Because of all that stuff? He, he looks like a, a guy playing dress-up. I think that outside the internet bubble, people think yeah. it was a really good performance, and that means industry people will think it's a really good performance. They do, and the fact that he's so beloved in the industry. And the thing about Black Mass... Is he? Yeah, he is kind of among actors. Hmm. Not among critics and bloggers, but sure. among actors. And, you know, here's the weird thing about Black Mass that I find intriguing is that um, people like William Friedkin and uh, Robert Duvall and those guys, they're all like Scott Cooper. They're pushing him. They're like his advocates. And, and you know, 
Warner Brothers is spending a lot of money on Black Mass, so I'm, I'm just wondering about that. It's sort of on my radar as maybe it will come back, but right now I don't have it on my list of predictions, but, um, but it's interesting to think about as maybe something that... Warner Brothers is always the studio, it seems like, that people count out. Like they, A lot of people are counting out American Sniper, I remember mm. Ann Thompson was telling me I had predicted American Sniper like right before, and I, and I said, I don't know, I just feel it. And she was like, it's not going to get nominated, no way, and because nobody liked it the night that we saw it at AFI. Nobody liked American Sniper, but it did really well with the Academy, and it you know, obviously got a Best Picture nomination and made the most money of all of the contenders. So, Like, like all of them combined. Yeah, yeah. like triple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Black and, and, Mass... And I think that's part of it, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so, but it was also... You know, Warner Brothers is a big studio. They're the only studio, big studio, that has gotten a Best Picture contender in in like the last ten years, unless you count like Fox Searchlight and you know the smaller arms of the big studios. But Warner Brothers has gotten three consistently in. They're just they have that kind of power over the industry and a lot. You know, they just have they're well connected and and he's well connected. So I, if I were you guys, I wouldn't completely count it out or like uh, maybe. Um, Mad Max or something from Warner Brothers is going to get in. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, a, a lot of us are, are looking to Mad Max to, to do that. And that's what's so strange about Warner Brothers, though, is that you're right. They are able to get a Best Picture candidate in uh, even when it's, like, highly questionable. I know. Like, extremely loud and incredibly close. Exactly. Mad Max is not questionable. That's a beautiful No, it's not. Though. But but that's what's so weird about this year is that they, they it feels like they have no idea what – to focus on where to put their money, where to put even category placements. Did you? I mean, did you see the thing with Charlize Theron the other day? No. Yeah, I did. So. That's weird, and I don't. Yes, it was really weird. What happened? Okay, so in the morning, you know, we were looking at um, you know placements for Golden Globes and stuff, and on Warner Brothers uh, website, they had Charlize Theron in uh, supporting for uh, Golden Globes, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, later in the afternoon, she was switched to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in between there, and I'm just going to, you know, obviously half-jokingly, uh, I, I posted our uh, Golden Globe predictions, and we have two people that had put Charlize Theron in lead there. And then, miraculously, it changed. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. That's weird. Well, um, yeah. she- It was very strange. But the thing about them is they, they are putting their money somewhere. They're putting their money with Black Mass. Like, that's where most of their Oscar money is going. Um, but there's one that, that they seem to either they have more money for or they're more confident in. Um, I don't know about Mad Max. So, you know, Mad Max outside the bubble, you know, it, it didn't make as much money as people thought it would. And, and same with Black Mass. It didn't make that much money. It's a downer movie and downer movies don't do well with the preferential ballot with five nomination slots. Like last year, all three downer movies were not nominated. True. So that hurts Black Mass because you're talking five slots. On the other hand, it's a huge cast. It's Warner Brothers. It has mm-hmm. people like William Friedkin and Roger Duvall backing it. You know, you only need 300 number one votes. So I don't know. I, I'm I, not I, trying to. I hear you. Know, you. I, I, I've never believed in, or said that it's uh, in any way a, 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 a less than satisfying film. It's actually pretty well done. But I found uh, John Connolly's uh, the um, um, performance of John Connolly by um, why am I blanking? Uh, what's his name? Joel Edgerton. Joel, Joel Edgerton's performance really bothered me the second time. I, I got. I, 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 
up whenever he would come on screen because I started to be very, very uh, irritated by his overly emphasized Boston accent acting that I just couldn't... Uh, Everybody it. was. Uh, Everybody's was was like an SNL character to me. Their accents yeah. were so <laughs> absurd, which is why something like Spotlight was really great because you weren't distracted. Oh, that was by, wonderful. Not by, by somebody trying to great. put on this accent. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I hear it was, that. It was very, it felt very lived in and you, you were just focusing on the story. And for me in Black Mass, it was like, who can talk like this? I mean, it was just like, it was, <laughs> it was everybody was trying to one-up each other. I yeah. always cringe when I know a movie is going to be set in Boston because you have to suffer <laughs> through those awful yeah. accents every yeah. time. And very, very few people, very few can get that exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Like poor Holly Hunter in that movie. Oh, God. But you so didn't uh, touch about, uh, so you don't know a thing about In the Heart of the Sea? I, I mean, I thought I, it's... I, I don't. Uh, all I know about it is that I know that it's um, got funky visual effects, and I think that might be its problem. But we'll see. I mean, I, the other thing about it, it is someone was saying you're saying someone was saying that it was PG rated or something, and that they they thought that meant it was going to be more like a family movie and not an huh. Oscar movie. So Ooh. I thought it was PG thirteen. Yeah, I think I heard someone say it was PG, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You have to look that up. But um, yeah. But anyway, so uh, it's yeah. a flashback thing with the it's PG. It's PG thirteen. Okay, so it's PG thirteen, but it's not rated R. I think it'll end up being sort of a family movie, but not that mm-hmm. I know anything. Um, it's a big mystery, like you say. Like Warner Brothers right now is it just a giant question mark? Because I was I was thinking Creed was going to do something, but the way that they're rolling it out, it looks like uh, I saw it in a cover story in the you know In Flight magazine with Sylvester Stallone. You know, have you gotten an invite to see it yet? Huh? Have, have you been invited to see it? Yet? No, I haven't been. But I've seen that it was mm. it was celebrated in Philadelphia. They just did a screening there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sylvester Sylvester Stallone wants that nomination. He's he's working for it. And if if Warner Brothers is good for one thing, it's getting supporting actor nominations. A lot of them. So but, but I, I, actually, they... I actually have Stallone in fifth right now. <laughs> I did too, and then I dropped him and I put in um, Benicio Del Toro for Sicario. But I had uh, Sylvester yeah. Stallone last week. And, and the thing is, I have to see Creed. I don't, whenever they don't invite you, if you're an Oscar person and you don't get invited to see movies and they start screening elsewhere, it always sets my radar off because that's like... It always means there's a problem there, somewhere. Usually it does, and that's what worries me about the big short. It's like that movie's already screened for people, but why weren't we invited to one of those screenings? There's a reason for that. And All I know is, is that one screening that they had at the DGA about, what, three weeks ago? Two and a half weeks mm-hmm. ago? So yeah. what, are we, what are you talking about? Well, screening? they had it at the WGA, too. They had another screening for it. Oh, okay. But um, and then and then uh, Creed I think is being seen, but it's just not being seen by people here. And know? it opens right around Thanksgiving on the twenty fifth. So uh, it's already so late. Like we should have seen it by now. I'm not sure why we're not getting it. Why isn't it being shown at the AFI Fest? Yeah, I don't know. Creed seems like a movie that that a studio would do a lot of preview screenings for audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get you know word of mouth going. Yeah, like they're going but, for big box office. Yes, exactly. Not Oscars so much. I don't think they want anything to get in the way of Black Mass's potential. That's my read on it. It's probably an ignorant take. I don't know anything. I think it's very possible. I think it's extraordinarily risky. Yeah, because you think that the Black Mass might not be well liked. Um, <gasps> well, it's I I. <sighs> I, I I think it's I think it's risky to to put all your eggs in one basket when you have 
a lot of eggs. Yeah. Well, there there are promoting. I did see a, um, a George Miller, Charlize Theron um, screening and Q and A uh, of Mad Max. So they are they are kind of promoting that. But they're you're right. They're doing nothing for um, the Heart of the Sea, and they're doing no. nothing for um, Creed right now. You're, George Miller was in town recently. I didn't even know that. Oh, I went Is to. What's thing? It was him and Charlize, the two of them. Oh. Yeah. They, at the Academy or where no, was it? No, it was at the Real D. But, um, but I, I was so, I'm sorry to be going on and on about my daughter, but she's only got one more year here and then she's off to Mm. college. So it's sort of hitting me pretty hard that she's going to be gone. Um, my whole life practically, it feels like it's been the entire time I've been blogging (laughs) about the Oscars. I've been raising my kid. So she's leaving. And and anyway, she loves Charlize Theron in this movie. She just loves it. And she died because Charlize Theron took a picture with her and like came up and Charlize Theron is really funny. And really uh-huh. sort of vulgar in her humor. And I can see why young adult would have sort of been inspired by her. Because she's it's surprising how funny she is and how kind of assertive and bright. Uh-huh. I just didn't expect that person. And gorgeous, of course. How yeah, long ago did this happen, Saucer? Oh, God, Guilty. I don't know. A couple of weeks, something like that. I don't know. But... Um, She's she she's gonna do she can do very well on this little Q and A circuit because she is that that engaging and because on the other side of it then you have Tom Hardy who's Mm -hmm. even by any account worse than Michael Fassbender (laughs) (laughs) because he was very vocal this week about hating the Oscars yeah. and the, you don't, don't the do process of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. but, but but you're right about Charlize. Like that, that's what it takes usually on the circuit. Like I remember Kevin Spacey with American Beauty. Like if you get up in front of the mic and you're that engaging and that funny and that charismatic, it can go a long way to mm-hmm. help a movie. So she did come out for that, but I don't know or see that she's coming out a lot for any other thing. You so know? I haven't heard Zip about her or George Miller doing anything for whatever reason. They're not even telling me about this stuff. Well, his Q and a oh. was incredible and he seems like, and, and this is backed up by, so I know somebody who knows him is just literally the nicest director in Hollywood. Like, even nicer than Danny Boyle, if that's possible. He's a lovely man, lovely One man. But, but what? So let's just sum up. Warner Brothers, in the in the interest of pushing Black Mass, and particularly Johnny Depp, whom they want to get a, a nomination, they are more or less throwing off and not really nurturing that, 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 Creed, and not nurturing Mad Max, not really, and they're not mur- nurturing in the heart. I don't of the know scene. if that's true. You you have to ask you know, <coughs> Eric or somebody else. I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. I don't know for sure. God. God, if it turns into a Hollywood Elsewhere article, <laughs> I'm well, it, listen to it. I mean, listen. It's, it, this, what what is the date today? November the eighth, seventh. Yeah, eighth. And you know, this is uh, two and a half weeks. Uh, Creed is to be opening. They have an AFI fest going on. They won't even show it. I hear it's actually half decent. Haven't you heard that? I heard it was really good. The the person yeah. that I know who saw it said that they again started crying within the first five minutes. But I don't know what that means. But and I heard you know it's a, in, in an audience movie. It's good. I didn't hear austere you know art movie thing. But it, it's good from what I hear. It's not a problem. So why don't they have it? Why aren't they a, at least screening it if they want to show it? And AFI? honestly, Michael B. Jordan looks like. I mean, I again you can't go from anything. But they, he <laughs> seems like he could be a strong contender just given his body transformation alone. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's so a- I'm 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 just I, I don't want to interrupt, but I'm looking on the Screen Actors Guild um, uh, screenings for Los Angeles right now, and there's nothing for Mad Max, and there's nothing for Creed. 
but there is a lot for Black Mass. Okay, well, there you go. There go. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Something I would have loved to attend yeah. that George Miller thing. They didn't even tell me about it. I got a last minute invite to it. I literally raced across Michelle town. Michelle Robertson? I think. I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah, I what raced across town. They don't even tell you about I mean, yeah, if they wanted. I think it was one of those last. I've gotten invited to them before. Like, my fucking whole life's career moment was when Leah Yardum invited me to see fucking Wolf of Wall Street with Paul Thomas Anderson interviewing Martin Scorsese afterwards. I mean, hello. <laughs> so, I, but I got it at the last minute. It was, hey, you want to come down here for this thing? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yes. So, so this was a guild. Uh, I don't know who they right. were. Oh, I think Ava DuVernay was there, though, because she tweeted me after and she said, oh, I didn't know you were there. I was at that screening, too. She was also at the um, she was also at the Martin Scorsese one. <laughs> Just huh. neither here nor there. But um, but yeah, I don't know who they were. But Charlize was fucking six feet five or something in her heels. Like She's so tall. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know she was that tall, but she's giant. My daughter's five ten and, and Charlize had to stoop to stand next to her for the Oh she's about she's about six. She's right about my height, roughly. But she was wearing her Louboutin, you know, yeah, high yeah. heels and and just like from head to toe, like a vanilla ice cream cone, like just so perfect right. in every way. Like her fingers, her hand, her ankles, everything on her was like perfect. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. See, she she could work that circuit. She is just a movie star. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. She's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, George I haven't Miller. heard one thing about her being out there at well that all. was it and she said that um she was really great because she was really talking up george miller and, and talking about you know telling funny I, I wanted to record it but they wouldn't let and, me and again warner brothers they they what has been the word on mad max since it opened last summer it's supposed to be about mad max but obviously the star is charlotte charlie's Theron, right. right no and, question and about you remember it. that guy we and, met in and they said they still had her up for supporting until they changed their mind at the last minute I mean, on the same day, she was supporting in the morning. It's because the awards watch people got in there and reported it. That's why. I'm telling you. You guys are so pesky. They get in there and they find all these secret forms and secret (laughs) answers on these websites. And then they're like, we have the SAG winners before it's ever even posted (laughs) on their website. Exactly. <laughs> so you guys rooted that out and it freaked them out. So that's why I'm they telling you. It. Well, but, um, I do. I do have it on some good authority that Theron is really working the HFPA. Well, I tell you, if you put that, and that's girl, all I'll say on that. And all I'll <laughs> say on that is, if you put that girl in a room with anybody, like she could, you know, exactly. She's 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 all that and a bag she, of chips. Honestly. She can she can charm the pants off people. She and really when you, can. When you when you have an awards body that you know has a separation of drama and comedy and and there's ten open nominations, that's right. how she can get in. Right mm. there you go. Oh God, it makes me just feel sick thinking about it. <laughs> just the Oscars are, when you start to announce the awards, it's so final. You know, it's I like know such a it bummer. is. All the hope dies. <laughs> wrap things up with with a quick assessment did anybody have any thoughts at all about what i consider or so many people consider to be the somewhat depressing capitulation by saturday night live to donald trump the way they gave him an easy uh you know they kind of enhanced him you know last night and uh, they got really great ratings of course from it oh they did and, and, and it just seems like a very queer thing that they would be i mean they're supposed to be a satire show they're supposed to be pointed they're not supposed to be uh, giving people hugs as much as giving them shit. You know, that's the, that's the idea in satire. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't really sense that they were doing anything other than just kind of uh, doing what they could to get ratings, hey, and, and, and be fairly mild with the guy. I didn't watch it because I boycotted it. I, I haven't watched it either. It but means- I never watch Saturday Night Live on Saturday. I usually watch it on Sunday. Yeah, same yeah. here. But but I promise I wouldn't watch it because mm-hmm. he's you know he's potentially a fascist, and even if he himself isn't racist, he's condoning racist behavior, which I think is really low and sleazy and scary. Yeah, he's appealing. Well, but, he's appealing to the worst out there. The, the, the sleazy the sleazy thing is that after his comments, NBC took him off the air and admonished him, and you know canceled his show. Mm-hmm. But now that he's like you know, a ratings-grabbing whore. NBC's like, oh, everything's cool. Come on. That's mm-hmm. so fucking pathetic. Mm-hmm. I know it is. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's very cowardly. I was thinking, I'm wondering if he was like Lauren Michaels' friend, which he could have been, but what I heard is that mm-hmm. he was he was only slated to do one sketch, and then they liked him so much that they decided to... But that's the thing, dangerous thing about him is he is likable and that he's, I you guess. know, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing in that way. Um, wait, I want to do before we go, or do you want to just hang out? Because I want to talk about best actress really fast. Okay, go I ahead. always want to talk about best actress. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking right now, I, I used to think it was between Brie Larson and Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It's joy versus joy. Joy versus joy. Wait, it's ha- absolutely. I know you. I know where you're going with this, but I still think it's joy versus joy. Yeah, and then I was thinking that the third one, the one to watch out for, the potential dark horse is, is Sir Sharona and for Brooklyn. Sure, she's very yeah, young. Would, she's would, very young, but sure. Yeah. She's young to win, and and Brie Just Larson. For people who are not on your wavelength, can you explain what joy versus joy means? Obviously, you're talking about joy, the film with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, but David yeah, Russell. because the other because, joy is. Is Brie Larson. Her name in room is Joy. Oh, I you know, it's funny. Um, but only her mother refers to her. Yeah, it's going to sound stupid, but maybe I was so depressed and so shut down by the time they said the word Joy in that film. I didn't even hear it. So thank you for reminding me. At least. Well, I, I mean, even on IMDb, she's only referred to as Ma. Um, almost yeah, all of the, almost all of the reviews only exactly. call her Ma. And I'm right. like, why? She has a name. Okay. So here's the thing I'm wondering is two things. First, since we have you on, we can ask you, what ever happened with that whole Joy screening debacle? Like, first it came out, it was good, and then they saw a screening that was bad. So are you thinking that he's just going to release the good cut? or? Well, that, that's the thing. The two, the two different screenings were completely different. They eliminated, like, whole storylines in, in the second one that were in the first one. One of them was, uh, the first one was more, a little more comedic. The second one was a little less. So they changed uh, character arcs and storylines dramatically between the two screenings. Which sounds smart to me, right? I mean, you you want to see how the the other stuff works, so it's smart. Absolutely. And I know that they're they're definitely trying to, uh, to make the ending more, I guess, understandable. In, I know in, in both screenings, the, the ending kind of t- either took people by surprise or it ended strangely. So I think they're, they're trying to find a way to, to get a better ending edited in there. But it's, it's definitely a movie that is going to be found in the editing room. Right. But isn't that how all I thought of the, I thought the ending a of Miracle do. Mop made a lot of money. Yeah, but it's not about... It can't be I know. About, I know it's yeah. about the Miracle Mop, but that was what she... What made her? Why they're making the movie? Because it was a huge success. That and and the and the uh, and the hangers that she came out with. That's why we're seeing this movie. You're saying yes. that they don't even deal with that. 
Oh, no, no, no. They definitely still do. There's just other elements. Like I had, had mentioned, there's a huge mafia element. Right. <laughs> but is it, like, it is it like American Hustle, which basically made no sense at all? I mean, is it going to be like that where it's just... I hope of- not. I mean, I liked American Hustle a lot, and I liked the tone. I, liked, I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, so, I mean, I can only hope that it's, you know, as good as that. Right, right. But if it's as, if it's American Hustle like, it's probably not going to win Best Picture only because you know Academy voters like linear traditional stories. Except it, for it all Birdman. it all depends. I mean, she's as a character, Lawrence's Joy is going to be a more uh, likable, you know, American success story kind of character versus the people in American Hustle, which were all kind of bad. Yeah. yeah. Everybody so, kept lying to each other and playing yeah. each other. So you just, you, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, felt, it's not the, it's not the kind of thing that wins, the, which the is interesting why it didn't thing, win anything. <laughs> yeah. The interest, oh yeah, it was, the interesting thing about um, Best Actress winning twice in just a couple of years is like the second time that a lot of, or, you know, the last few actresses, so Jodie Foster and Hilary Swank have won, they, they won their second Oscar when the film won Best Picture. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So Silence of the Lambs and Million Dollar Baby. They won their second. So that's that's interesting to look at it. Like if she wins, I think the only way Jennifer Lawrence wins is if Joy also wins Best Picture. I also want to mention. Oh, I totally agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. I want to mention very briefly uh, a tweet that sent me into the depths of depression last night before (laughs) I went to. And that's Lex G, the famous Lex G, said he was blubbering at room. (laughs) Blubbering. Oh God! And he, had, he was just losing it, and and you know tears streaming down his face, mm. and and therefore it was his favorite more so than Spotlight. Well, so I, like, I, mean, I like it better than Spotlight too, but gonna, not not simply because it has the capacity to make me cry. But you're going to get a lot of that, Jeff, because Spotlight isn't in a movie that people react to emotionally. I know, except for a, that poor Irish it, guy who was sitting next to me at the. At the screening mm-hmm. in Telluride, that guy sobbed for like five minutes after watching Spotlight. So, look, I'll, let me tell you, uh, the most one of the most emotional moments about children, about a younger person, which obviously Room is entirely about, is uh, a moment when uh, Rachel uh, McAdams comes away from having spoken to that hideous priest who said, "Listen, you have to understand, I didn't pleasure myself. I just was fooling around with the kids, but there's a difference here." I didn't, you know, get off myself. Yeah, but the thing yeah. about it is that the only emotional high in Spotlight, which I love, by the way, is Mark Ruffalo's moment. And the thing, the reason is because journalists aren't supposed to be emotional. They're not supposed to get emotionally involved. They're supposed to be unbiased. That's, that's actually one of the things that's masterful about it. it doesn't I agree, play but that, that doesn't game, that you know? doesn't, you know, move people the way. That's why all the president's men wasn't, you know, as as emotionally responsive as Rocky. Yeah. So, yeah. but that's interesting about Lex G. Of all people, you wouldn't think that he would be the one who would be the room advocate. But that's what I was trying to tell you last time we talked, which is, I didn't feel that way about it until you're right. You didn't feel that way about it, but a lot of people are. That's why it's winning audience awards. You know. Yeah. Um, I oh, mean, I, it it had me with you know the whole, you know, escape and and uh, when. The kid is in the car and she comes running. I I lost it. That was just like, oh. all right, I'm done. It's it was it, that was that was the that was the huge huge emotional piece. I didn't lose it. People clap when she when she comes out with a with the cops and they. Oh come. God, I, that was I, I, that just got me. That was yeah. insane. That scene. But, but can I like ask you that, something, Eric? I, just, yeah. just just guy to guy. Why is she? Uh, you you actually persuaded or taken by her acting when she sees her son not. In a, in a, in a 
road filled with traffic or where he's not in jeopardy. He's in the back seat of a police car. That's usually, by the standards of most people in civilized countries, a, 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 a situation that means safety. You're not in trouble. You're Again, in the back uh, of a police car. Sure, and but she is, she is freaking out, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you okay?" I mean, yeah. it's like, I, but that's what but you would do. She's I just been trapped in a house for five years. She just her son. She just has got, literally never been away from him. She's since never the day been he away from him since the day he was born. Sure. A well, and might, B, he just might. he just got taken in a rolled up carpet by the gross rapist, who God knows where he was going to end up. She had no idea where he was. Exactly, you know? and you know, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not. Uh, a, a woman or a mother, and Sasha is, but I, I, I think it does a disservice to, to just merely being a male and not being able to identify the connection between a mother and their child and how. Not a, I'm not a. It's, a it's I understand that there's a connection. Yeah, but it, well, but she I mean, would, she would want him. She would be enormously happy and joyous that he's everything's fine. He's in the best. Don't you but think that was? A, don't you think it was a combination of that? It was that, As but it, I was, do. it was the total hysteria mothers feel that's biological, and there's nothing you can do about it. What's this hysteria about? She's fine. He's in the backseat of I, I'd be overjoyed that he's fine, but I wouldn't be alarmed and scared. You, my you eyes have no idea out. what you'd be if you were trapped in a tiny I, shed I, for five I just, years. I, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're reading it wrong, Jeff. That's that's my interpretation. I think you're reading it wrong. I do too, and I think you're being unfair, and you're not looking at the context of who she was, where she I see, was. I, I see an actress looking to act or act herself out of a paper bag and doing everything she can to draw attention to her performance. Everybody oh, saw it differently. Goodness. Everybody saw it differently. That's the one of the few scenes that you could point to that shows to me how masterful her performance. It's overdone. Is. Sorry, it isn't. She didn't do it right. I, I don't think so. You, I don't think so. I mean, you know, you wouldn't really know unless you've had a fucking baby come out of you. I've, I've had a, two <laughs> kids. I have a sense of, I, I, I know what it's like to have children. Is it's that okay? It's different. Who's the, what's or, the most feared thing in nature? Is a mother protecting her young? I mean, you don't know that primal. It's not the same for guys. I'm sorry. It's just not. You don't know she that. She doesn't primal. have any reason to be her, worried about her young. He's in the it's back not a, It's not a about being car. worried. That's, that's why I think you're oh. misreading it. I don't think she's worried at all. She's she's, project, she's, she's projecting panic. Yeah, no, she's you're like, right. Oh, she's not crazy. worried. She's, she's just, not worried. There was a chance that she would never see him again. Right. And that didn't happen. So they're, they're uh, you know... And I guess I'm uh, I'm I'm also coming at it from a position where when I was very young, I was separated from my mother. <laughs> it didn't have a it wasn't like this. And the you know, the, the reunion wasn't quite as dramatic, but I totally understand the the feelings that a mother would have of any type of separation from their child. Think of just what most mothers have when their child goes to school or like Sasha was talking about is going to college. There is a separation and anxiety there that is absolutely real. And by and large, men don't have the same feeling. You, you get that urge of like, I will only be okay until I have my child within my sight that I can protect them. That's what you Absolutely. feel like. And Absolutely. She didn't have that kid within her. She doesn't trust anyone else. That's what the movie also makes clear. And he doesn't trust anyone else. She knows he could barely speak to anybody else. She's the only thing he has in his whole life. She's worried about how he's feeling. She's worried about everything because that's what a mother does. A mother protects 
and you know and keeps the kids safe that's what you right. do and she and wasn't we're with stuck him. with her doing that for the for another <laughs> she hour. does it for like one minute or 30 <laughs> seconds or something right no, we're stuck with her in the hospital and we're stuck with her in the house then we're stuck with her she <laughs> oh, goes through the interview with that awful woman who tries to guilt yeah her, you know? oh she should have been smacked she was horrible. Oh, that was awful that was such a sad scene though but i liked that scene because it was good and truthful you know that that someone would say that to her you know if i were interviewing her i would say you couldn't figure a way to to tie that guy up after sex once well that's the same kind of deal that's the same sort of deal you're blaming her that's blaming the victim that's pretty harsh but he also he's not harsh i mean it's what kyle smith says a lot of people said that but it doesn't make sense that he could at least try Kyle Smith is a douchebag he is how dare you even quote him but here's the thing Mm -hmm. he he had a code he locked he has, himself in he with ha- her she was he stupid children. he lives in new york city with his family he's not a monster i'm I mean, saying he would be he would be stupid it would have been stupid of her to do anything to the guy because they would be locked in there with his corpse till the end until they they themselves died yeah my, which, my idea which was is what, which is what she mentions in the movie yeah, he has a code that she can't yeah. get, you know. And if she could get the code, she could sneak out. I mean, she does the only thing she can do, which is put her kid in the most po- dangerous possible situation. In order sure, to- and it's very easy from the outside saying, well, this is what I would do in this situation. Right. It's, that's, that's too easy, Jeff. Seven years easy. to figure out something. Seven years. She's a teenager when she goes out. in, and what would you do? I mean, what would you do? I would um, somehow, most guys, sooner or later, they're going to fall asleep after sex. It happens. I think we all know that. I, I, would tie, I, I would tie him to the bed. I would make sure he could not move. And I would say, pieces of your penis are going to be sliced off <laughs> oh bed until you give me the code. Oh now, do you want to start with piece number one? Okay, here we go. All right, so I, what if he doesn't? What if well, he doesn't tell keep, you? What I if he would says, slice off. That's uh, a very different you know, movie anyway. Besides, wasn't that basically hard candy? Yeah, and besides, what if you said that and he said just... I agree, candy? that it would, you're right, that would be a different movie. I'm not it's, a, it's, a, it's, a different, would, it's a different movie. Forget the movie, if I were her, I would figure some way, I wouldn't let that go on for all that time. I mean, it that's, just seems horrible. That's, that's giving the capture almost too much. Uh, one of the things I really loved about the movie is how long it took to really show him. Right. And I, I could have I could have enjoyed the movie without ever actually having to see him, but the way that, that they did it I thought was really, really smart. Really smart. It seems like she when I was watching the movie, what I was thinking was it seems like she had considered every possible way of getting out. Yes. It did. It looked like that to me. It didn't look like she was just sitting around. It looked like she spent every minute of every day trying to figure out how the hell to get out. You know? Her That's- her concern was was the safety of her kid and the sanity of the kid. Right. More, more than anything. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there, that she had a different way. I, I was looking around the room going, okay, what would I have done? Mm-hmm. You know, and trying to figure out any solution, but um, I wouldn't have come up with the one she came up with. So it's pretty amazing that she came up with it. It's, yeah. I tried to watch it a second time and it felt exactly the same and uh, that those things many things that are intriguing and, and well well done about it are it went uh, it didn't go up it didn't go down and i i just really didn't want to stay for it again so i i i, I excused myself <laughs> that's it goes funny that lex g liked it though yeah. But that was that. That was a Lex G bawling at, at room. That was like a, a seminal of, of all of, the things you never thought you'd see. But at least, that. at least you gave it another chance. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, I mean, I, I, I do that too. I know I'm going to rewatch uh, Brooklyn and, and just feel like, okay, you know, when, was I coming at this from, mm-hmm. you know, a weird place or something? I, if I really, really mm-hmm. detest something and I'm on the outside of that, I have to examine why mm. I am. And sometimes the second viewing is absolutely required. Yeah. Right. Incidentally, regard just quickly about Trump, you should read uh, Megan Ellison uh, posted this. I have it uh, somewhere. I saw it on Twitter or something. But there's a speech that um, Inuritu gave. Was that last night, Sasha? At, yeah, they had a LACMA um, tribute to, I think, Gucci yeah. and Inuritu, of all things. I don't know why. <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and, and he he delivered a very, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that Trump is not exactly uh, uh, admired in the Hispanic community and no he, really and and he uh was uh, pretty pretty uh, uh un, unqualified in his feelings about uh, what trump is good for him on. i think oh. it's gross that they put him on the air i really do it's just icky um yeah. really quickly i'm sorry to go back to this and maybe i'll just cut this part out but i was just wondering eric what your five for best actress are oh absolutely um do you want like Alphabetical order or no, order? No, just order. yeah, in order of thought. Okay. Win. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Brie Larson, Kate Blanchett, uh, Saoirse Ronan, and Lily Tomlin. Right okay. now. So what? What one are you leaving out? Um, uh, Carrie Mulligan Carrie and Mulligan. Charlotte Rampling right now. Why is Carrie Mulligan getting the the shaft? Why is that <laughs> happening? Because nobody gives a shit about her movie. Right. And you know what? I watched. Um, far from the madding crowd last night because mm-hmm. she's so beautiful and it's just a joy to watch her but boy is that a a nothing movie like yikes i mean she's, have you seen the julie christie john schlesinger no film? but i just you know talk about a movie like that that is what brooklyn could have been like and brooklyn wasn't like it could have just been like this oh god you know just wait around for her to get with this guy it's so old-fashioned the, the thought of i know i have it at home and i haven't watched it how bad is that and all these like feminist it, speeches she gives throughout it's just uh but, but she yeah. it's very disciplined and much shorter than the schlesinger version and i was so impressed by how it is very deft and it moves from one scene to another and 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 there's a a lot of uh, uh just economy uh it's and not discipline. the yeah it's not the filmmaking's fault and it's not her fault she makes every movie she's in better but it's the story i just was like oh god this again but, um, <laughs> but uh but she's great she's just a, just beautiful and i have her down as my one of my heel nippers along with charlie theron i have uh, uh lawrence larson blanchett ronan Lily Tomlin. Oh, That's... you guys have the same exact order. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about number five. I had Lily Tomlin for the longest time, but I'm putting in Carrie Mulligan now only because she's actually out there doing stuff, and I think that's going to make the difference for her. She and is. Lily is not really, right? No, she's not Lily. at all. She's not, but she she benefits she from, from having the second screener out. She benefits from being yeah. uh, one of the most awarded actresses in the history of anything ever and she's on in all formats she's on grace and jackie and you know so people are aware of her and she's probably going to get a golden globe nomination and probably win for well she's probably going to win the the nomination's secure but she will probably win and i think she has a great chance at the sag based on the screener issue i know you're so right i have the two of them and that's momentum that's 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 golden globe comedy is that what you mean yeah yeah, that's kind of, have, kind of a half comedic performance. So. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have thought Carrie Mulligan because I did feel that she was sort of down for the count. But but seeing her out there doing as much as she's doing, all these parties, all these screenings, and she's so beautiful and she's so charming. I think that that's going to go a long way. Plus the Meryl Streep factor. 
Um, and, and the absolutely no post-baby weight uh, factor. That was actually, well, okay, I wasn't going to say that, but... <laughs> I, well, I, I was really impressed by that. I said, Jesus, she just gave well, she birth. never even See, gained that's, the that's weight the in the difference first between, place. That's the difference between you and I, Jeff, because I was impressed that she was able to, you know, bounce back and get on a campaign trail. And your focus was that she wasn't a fatty. <laughs> no, it's not that she's not a fatty. It's that I've, I've, again, I'm sorry to play this card, but I've been through two kids. I've, I've been married. Yeah, but they have to gain the weight like. to and lose she's the weight. And she looks fantastic. Yes, of course it's a, it's remarkable that she uh, bounced back. I mean, she wasn't... But Jeff, not just there, she but, never gained no. the weight to begin with, so she never had to lose it. She was always, she was one of those thin pregnant women. That's what... Yeah, she was a tiny one that didn't didn't blow up anywhere else. Some women <laughs> oh, are I, like I never that. saw her walking around with Oh, I, I, I'm always amazed when you see some women, they give birth and, and a couple of days later, they're just like, wow, like they... I, I, I also it. saw her in um, uh, Skyline Broadway in early May, and she was starting to be fuller looking as pregnant women will. You know, you start to kind of, you know, be a little fuller looking at your features. And she was, so I was thinking naturally that she was following the, the pattern of most women, which is that they don't, they don't just get heavy in their stomach, but they fill out in general. And she's it takes not, a while. but she's not one of those types. She's definitely the type that that has probably been thin all her life and always will be thin. <clears throat> Lucky girl. <laughs> well, she's small. Say. Yeah, she's small. Yeah, she's not small. She's about five, eight, five nine. But she's like that. thin. She's very thin. She always has been. So she's okay. she's not going to have a hard time um, put taking off baby weight if she never put it on to begin with. Anyway, I didn't say there was the primary thing. I just said in addition to everything else, she's mm-hmm. she's amazingly vigorous to be out doing all this, uh, you know, fairly soon after after birth. She's, well, then she must be she must be worried then. Exactly. They are. They are. They're worried. Obviously, they're worried because they yeah. know that it's taken a huge hit. That movie and and um, Focus. a huge hit. So, speaking of huge hits from Focus, can we do Danish Girl really fast? What do you think? Uh, about how I, I I I don't know what to say about Danish Girl other than that I think it's um, negligible as a best picture. What about content. Eddie Redmayne? I think he's probably on a on a because people are going to say, well, isn't that something he played? You know, this this man who really gave himself over to every female, you know, cell in his body, and he and Eddie gave himself completely to that thing. And so, you know, the people that are easily impressed by this kind of stuff are going to probably want to nominate him. Yeah, I think he's pretty safe. I I, I don't, you know. I think he's pretty safe, but yeah, it's it's certainly out of contention for you know picture and director and stuff. But it mm-hmm. it should still be able to do well with like you know score and production design and costume design and maybe even you know hair and makeup too. Right, yeah. right. But it, I, it, I don't. Think it should do gonna, okay. I don't think he's going to get in for best actor. I I think the the best actor race is more fluid, uh, and he's I think he's slightly vulnerable, not like in a Michael Fassbender way, but he's a little bit sure. See, I think you know, that, I think it's the opposite. I think Fassbender's in and fucking the uh, sorry my language the um, gold derby <laughs> gold derby people they all have him in number one and same with Gurus like I know I, I don't understand him. it. I personally don't have him in number one, but I was surprised to see him come up in number one in both those groups. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, our group has him at number two. That's and I don't think he's Fassbender. Yeah. 
Okay. And, and Leo is still at number one. And Leo is still at number one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have Leo at number one too. But and you know um, that he's been working it very oh, strong. Ta- so oh, far. talk about someone who's working the circuit and just did the the SAG honor. There is nobody thirstier right now than Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, and good for him. I hope he wins. Yeah. He deserves to after all this time. Um, well, yeah, he's you know. 22 years of hammering it, you know, uh, for a, that's a long time, you know, and he's been uh, all the way back to a, a boy's life in 93, right? Isn't that what it is, or is it 93? Well, Gilbert Grape. It was Gilbert Grape, but Gilbert that was a Grape. supporting that was, but yeah, okay. Yeah, but that was his first nomination. But Gilbert Grape um, was Johnny Depp and Leo, and then the bas- and then he was in it, was it The Basketball Diaries? There was another one there where they were together. That was in the movie. 95. Um, the Johnny Depp and and, uh, and um, Leo. I think it would be yeah. funny if they were both in. I know I'm predicting him and you guys aren't, but um, actually, it doesn't look like he's on... Uh, I think I'm kind of behind the times here because I have him at number two over here at, at Gurus of Gold, and, and he's not even on the top five. And there really is... There yeah, was a big, a big surge of support uh, that I kept hearing over and over again from people. But this is firsthand from people who saw the big short that Steve Carell was in a very strong position. Oh, yeah. Steve, Steve yeah. Carell is our one, two, three. He's our number four right now. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what do you, you know, have? What are your five that you have? Personally, I have uh, DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Eddie Redmayne, Ian McKellen, and Michael Fassbender right now. And what about Gold Rush Gang? What do they have? I, I, I think what's that? What does the Gold Rush Gang have? What's the whole as 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 a as a as a group in order? It's DiCaprio, Fassbender, Redmayne, Steve Carell, and Matt Damon. Oh boy, everybody seems to be confident. But I have Matt Damon too. But I, I thought he might have been borderline. But you think the Martian's so strong that he's definitely getting in, right? I think so. I think it's going to be massive. I think it's such an easy thing to nominate. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things I had I had. Mentioned it again. I'm, I'm going to sound so repetitive to anyone listening to both of these, but uh, um, The Martian's a funny thing where it is an ensemble movie and it's a solo movie in right. the same film. Right. So I I just feel like it will have the support uh, for being an ensemble movie, and then it will have the support of individual actors as like, oh my god, this is a movie that is basically a showcase for one person. I want this, yeah. you know. There, exactly. I just, there, I don't think there's an actor alive who would not want the opportunity for something like The Martian. Right. And he's so, so likable it. in it. He's really likable. You, that's the he's one thing likeable. you notice about walking away from that movie is you really like him. And, and a lot of people make fun of him and whatever, but, but he. Oh, I'm, I'm so, I'm all in on it. It's number yeah. two, like across the board for me. But, why is it though? Can I just interject? I mean, I'm, you're you're not wrong. It's it's definitely going to be nominated. He's probably going to be a, get a best actor nomination. But why is it that I have been the only person to say the word Jack, Jerry Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer, as an analogy to the type of film you it were, is? You were, you were. And, the, and then after that, you know what started to kick in? Not so much Jerry Bruckheimer, but Sugar High. It's a Sugar High movie. No, it isn't, because you said that to me. I asked you what you thought of The Martian, and you said, which I thought was a really funny line, and I still laugh about today. You said, it's the kind of movie people who watch the Super Bowl would like. But the thing is... It's the meat and potatoes movie. But it is that, but it's also not. It's also a science geek movie. It's it's It's, really science That's the part I like about it. Me too. That's what I like about it, because I'm such a science geek, and I totally got the book and read it. I'm so fascinated by his experiment, what he did, the guy who wrote it. He 
wanted to figure out how what it would really take to survive on Mars, and he like crowdsourced all the information and he put it up on his website, and everybody was reading it, and they were all together trying to figure out how yeah. you would eat, you know, how you would grow potatoes, how you would make water, and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, yes, maybe the way that the and Drew Goddard, I think he's going to win for uh, screenplay, which I know it seems crazy because uh, in the adapted race, how could yeah. he win? But I think he's going to win that. And that I think seems pretty win. risky, but yeah. I know, I know, but if it wins Best Picture, it's winning screenplay. If it mm. wins Best Picture, did you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> the Martian? Yeah. yeah. Win? It's, I think a, it's it a nominee. You know, it's one of those, okay, we feel good about it. I think it's totally a potential winner. Yeah. Oh, it, it, covers, it covers so many demographics. <laughs> it's a it likable film. It's got film. nerds. It's got the football fans. <laughs> it's going to be the, uh, it'll Why be the biggest blockbuster. Why do you give credibility to this type of thing? Well, he's it's just not speaking about the truth. It's about what has the potential to win. Look at he thinks this totally separate from what I think. We are two people who happen to think the same things, and we're on separate islands thinking the same thing. So it's not like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's not perpetuating anything. He's looking at the race and saying, "This is what you I are. see." You're fanning the flames. You're 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 filling the sails with your air, and you're pushing <laughs> that boat along <laughs> by saying that it's going to be. It could win. That's, where that's, have you been, Jeff? A lot of people, Ann Thompson, me, a, a lot of people. How is it not a winner? How is it not a winner? It doesn't have anything under it other than sci- than geek science, which is enjoyable, and I found it very engaging. And it's a sugar high movie. It's a it's a it's a genre movie. It's just something to make you feel good. You know, we're gonna get together and cross uh, national lines, and we're gonna get to have. Get, get oh, I don't think it's I don't think it's a genre it's a movie of, at all. It's just a it's a it's a you know I'm not gonna. Turn to uh, persuade you. You obviously feel there's something going on. Well, well I, I, I think, think the genre movie has a really limited scope, uh, and this does. It, it does have. It's a also not scope. a sci-fi just, movie. It is a sci-fi movie technically, but it doesn't feel like a sci-fi movie because it's actor-driven and writing-driven. It's not um, special effects-driven. There's hardly any visual effects in the whole movie. So it, it would be. That's another thing I like about it. It's it's a very smart. Uh, that's um, and that's movie. interesting, and that's I think its only chance of winning is that if it was a visually effects-driven, they would never go for it. And they may not go for it because of that, the, because it's set in space and it's in the future. They might not go for it. They never have before. <laughs> it's so, not set in the future. It's very contemporary. Yeah, it's near future. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like I mean, 30 or 40 years in the future. There's, right? I mean, there's, like there's actually people. 10 years or 20 years. Like, right after what it came it? out, they thought it was taking a true place. story, too. So. What so, year is it like, taking place? In 2030 or something? Or 2040? Or no, but he was it? saying that some people thought that it was a true story. <laughs> Yeah, which is really awesome. That's so I remember, hilarious. I hearing that early on, yeah. Some people I, the, the thing I like about it is my own my own private, <clears throat> private narrative of the Oscars, which I probably am alone in this, is that I like the fact that they are making a movie that the public likes that could win Best Picture. I like it when the Oscars are more relating to the general public than they are just the tiny little bubble that is film criticism. Like, I don't think that works for them long term, and I don't think it's what the movies were designed for, what the Oscars were designed for. So I like it I'm, i prefer it if they would pick a movie that the audience out there people like my hairdresser who always tells me every year like uh you know the movies that are up for oscar she's never even seen yep. um it would be nice if a movie won that everybody could could enjoy at the same time and that it could be this like you know um apart, apart from your predicting abilities do you actually feel good about the idea of the martian winning well i just said why i feel good about it i would be happy because your hairdresser likes it 
No, That's why she, I, I don't know if she likes it. I haven't asked her. No, I think that I think it's better for the Oscars and better for Hollywood when a movie wins that is a good movie, a really good movie from a studio that um, made a lot of money and that a lot of people have seen and liked. I feel like it's movies are made for people. They're not made for critics, you know, and, and it annoys me every year when the Oscars get more and more insular like the Tonys. And if they become that little Oscar island that nobody knows about, nobody sees the movies, nobody cares about any of their movies... I just don't think it, it's a good thing for them or for the industry. Sasha, the Oscar Island is the way things are now. For the most part, the, Not really if the, quality, Martian the wins. quality stuff is happening more on television than it is in movies. Not if it's, the Martian it, it, wins. It's very rare for the for movies uh, like Spotlight, for instance, to, to really punch out and become hits. All right, well, and, and, and I, I tell you something. Let's just see. It, 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 you know, the, the motion pictures are really not in the quality movie game anymore. And, uh, but and they that's could the be. way it is. No, you know? they could be. They could change it around. This is the one year that I've seen in most recent years where big studio movies are really coming up, like um, Joy and The Revenant and The Martian are all from Big Fox, not thank Fox God. Searchlight. Thank, I'm glad. So thank God that these movies are coming out. <laughs> but by and large, the, the little Oscar Island thing that you just disparaged. It's being, not going to be that way this year, though. It's going to be big studios all the way. So, I mean, there's going to be a couple of little movies in there, but look at yeah. what's dominating the Best Picture race talk right now is Joy and The Revenant. And yeah, the but Martian. everybody has Spotlight as the front runner, and that's that's essentially an indie. I mean, that's a small yeah, movie. But it's not going to win Best Picture. No, of course it's not. It's it, not it at all. Can't. It can't. Why did you but, say, of course it's not? Because it doesn't have the emotional... Oomph to win. It just doesn't because because if you all you have to do is look at the at you know the winners from the last ten years, fifteen years, and look at how the academy swings, uh, and how many times you know they go for for something big, and how many times they go for something small, and and if the year is you know this is the year that we tackle racism, and this is the year that we tackle right. slavery, That's and this is the year that we tackle the Iraq War, and I, everything everything has a purpose. Look, right. you're, you're assuming, you're saying that there's not that much of an emotional current in Spotlight. I tried to say a thought before, and, and Sasha cut me off. The scene after <laughs> Rachel McAdams talked to the perverse priest who said he didn't get any pleasure about it, and, he was, and she had kicked off the, the front porch by his sister, said, get off my, you know, I don't want to talk to you, and they slammed the door. And she goes down into the street, and in that very, very moment, there are two or three kids drive, riding by on bikes. She doesn't say anything. We don't. Not, the movie doesn't tell you anything, but right away you get the sense of vulnerability about kids. I know. Well, look, you, you, know? Could, you and I can sit a, here. That's emotional. We could sit here and have a conversation it. about all the president's men, and we can talk about network, and we can talk about taxi driver, okay? And then just, we can talk just, about. I'm pointing to an emotional current. And then we can talk about Rocky, and look at the huge difference between Rocky and those and other three. People respond to coarse emotionality, emotionality that is that hits you like like room. Okay. Something very what did obvious. that What did that older Academy member say to you after? We saw spotlight. They, they always say the same thing. Okay, they, so what does that tell you? That, that they're not very sensitive people. And they're, what does that tell you? Uh, that they are who they are. I don't know. Yeah. And it? what does that tell you? <laughs> it tells yes. you that they're they're, not... they're they're driven by less than noble uh, attributes. Right, and there we're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Spotlight couldn't win the audience award at Toronto. Right? It wasn't even second place. So what does that tell you? I mean, that tells you room one there. So Spotlight isn't winning audience awards. There's a whole moral undercurrent in Spotlight. Every scene is like that. And it's not just a dry reporter. That's what people that aren't very sensitive say. But if you listen, really look at that film and feel it, 
right. It just, can, it can I can I say one thing about Spotlight that is in in the argument of all the president's men and network and all of that, despite having this really big ensemble cast, the emotional element for me was all of the very supporting players of the the victims, all of the guys. I got so much more from them than I did from Ruffalo or Keaton or McAdams or Darcy, uh, Schreiber, anybody else. Didn't get anything from Darcy when he puts the sign on the no, he was, no, saying he was, his kids to stay away. That's emotion. No. That's, it's a, it's not, a very good that's film. That's, that's not what I'm saying, Jeff. I'm saying I got more. You got more, more from the victims. I did too. It's, it's a very... It's, it's a very, very, very good, very accomplished film. It is not a film that can win a thousand vote consensus because those people vote with their hearts and you're not going to watch Spotlight. Need primary color emotions. They don't want it's, No, it's because the heroes in Spotlight are journalists and that makes it ultimately kind of a dry experience by the end. And, and that, for us, we're journalists. You're a journalist, I'm not, but yes, that's for you. They're the heroes. So yeah, you can relate. You understand it. You want to celebrate them. But for most people, especially industry people who don't like journalists, it's not like somebody... Another denigration. You know, no, they're just not rooting for like them. The, like they're not... No, Jeff, you're being you're being obstinate. They're not rooting for them as much as they are for the mother in, or the kid in Room, or Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn, or or whatever Jennifer Lawrence is going to do in Joy, or Leo DiCaprio in The Revenant. I mean, the only thing there are two things that could save Spotlight. One is if all the movies coming up suck, and two is if it has it experiences some sort of surge right now. It needs a surge. It's not getting it. Brooklyn's getting one. Pretty much, but um, spotlight I'm, is not getting a surge. You're it's not. It's not winning any. It's not. I'm not sensing any sort of. You know, it, it won the audience award in Hampton. It's, it's not picking up buzz. It's not picking up momentum. It got this nice box office boost. So I need to just basically move to an island where where there are the people that feel the absolutely genuine and, and real emotion in that film. But you know, from the gay guy in particular, the gay victim who I thought was. Amazing. He's probably the best performance in the whole thing. It's a great I movie, mean, but how many yeah. great movies do you see every year that don't win Best Picture? I mean, come well, on. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, just just don't tell me it's not emotional. Just don't don't say it's just because journalists like it because they're journalists. That's really it's emotional, that's but really it can't not a very it, 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 it to can't say. touch the emotional pull of something like Brooklyn or Room. Um, it can't touch it. It's nowhere near that kind of emotional response. You know, people aren't going to walk out of Spotlight with passion in their hearts, you know, or sobbing hysterically like Lex G who just saw room. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> those are the kind of things oh that people God. have like a couple of weeks to vote and they're just like, I'm going to vote for this because oh my uh, God, I love that movie so much. You know, mm -hmm. you don't get that same sort of, and there's no kind of urgency to vote behind spotlight. You don't have like a Ben Affleck as a director or, you know, a big famous well-known director or any really big stars. I mean, Michael Keaton's your biggest star and he could win. You know, I just, I just think you guys are. I, I'm not disputing what you're saying. You're, you're both very perceptive people. But, but to, um, uh, to endorse uh, things like The Martian and saying that that's, that's really, I, I just don't think that you're helping the cause of, of art or humanity or, or good movies by saying something like this. By, but by The Martian is a good movie. But it's, but it's also truthful. I mean, do you want me to say something that I don't believe in because it furthers a narrative that I want to happen? Right. Should should happen? How about should happen? But but what? that's that's a different thing. 
that's a different thing. And, and that's how that's that's a different conversation that we can talk about and say, I really loved this and I wish it would do really well. But that doesn't mean that I'm know, just getting whiffs gonna, from you guys. Okay, so my, my it doesn't mean that it's going to cloud what I think that remember all the academy's going to do. They were saying that the King's Speech is, is really going to win. They made that movie win by no, saying. No, they oh, did oh, not oh. make it win. If no, that was that, true. That movie won because of Weinstein, because of the amount of screenings it got, because of the box office that it got. Right. Because, I mean, that, no. It that, was, that, that movie not. was beloved. Talk about a movie my hairdresser liked. She loved oh the God. King's Speech. But, you know, um, the thing is, is the. <laughs> You know, I, I love BC I, I can Nation. imagine I can just hear your hairdresser talking about it. Next, yeah, before the next podcast, you need to go and ask her what she thinks is going to win. She won't picture. have even, even seen any of the movies yet. That takes months for that to happen. But she did love the King's Speech. But, um, but you know, I love Beasts of No Nation. I would love it if that movie was a front runner. And I wish he was a front runner for Best Director. But we both know it's not got a chance now. Well, that I understand. So, and that makes me so sad. And, and I could sit here and rail about and say, oh, they suck. And I know I could... In the past, I would have like launched that fight like I did with Gone Girl, but the Gone Girl thing kind of took it out of me. I really don't feel like trying to do that anymore because I'm not going to sit there and spend my entire year writing think pieces about Beasts of No Nation when we know it has no chance. Yeah, it's so. it's 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 plenty to talk about it and say here's a, a really great should have or 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 should be, but you know, it's that's only you're not doing only... any any the movie industry any favors by by nodding and and, and winking. And applauding the, uh, the default choices of Sasha's hairdresser. You're really not. But they're not. They're my choice, too, because The Martian is going to be one of my top three, at least, movies of the year. I loved The Martian. I have no problem with it winning. If another movie that I didn't think was very good, like Argo or whatever, was, was the front runner, then I would say so. But I, I think The Martian is a great movie. I just like it that it's a great movie that a lot of people like. I like that there's a movie like that. Um, out there, and that because that hardly ever happens. Usually, the public likes it, American Sniper, and I hated it. You know, mm-hmm. but um, I like it when I like a movie that everybody else likes, and that it's it can be something we all celebrate. You know, you know what? When the uh, Martian screener arrives, uh, I'm probably gonna want to watch it because I, you know, only one time. Roy Thompson Hall, but I'm really not hungry to see it. I got to be honest. I mean, well, I know uh, where it's, what it's gonna do. And I've done it. I've done it. It's not. It's not something that going to reveal more and more like Spotlight when you see it over and over again. It, well, it, I've it, seen The Martian better, better. twice. I can't wait to see it again. I've seen Brooklyn once. I can't wait to see it again. And that, that you have to pay attention to that. And also the fact that they're sitting there over holiday break between Christmas and New Year's watching these screeners with their families. And mm-hmm. what screener are they going to want to... They're not going to put in Beasts of No Nation. I can tell you that. it's it, That's for sure. This, this is the exact thing, <laughs> thing I said on the podcast. I'm like, yay, mm-hmm. let's have Thanksgiving dinner and watch Room. <laughs> That's where Room is going to have a problem, and that's why it needs Absolutely. all of this Yeah, It's not a movie I even want to go out and see again. As much as I loved it, I don't want to see it again. I don't want to watch all that. You know, I'll watch the second half again. That's why I'm waiting for my screener so I can skip all the stuff in the room and just get to the second part, because I know a lot of people like the first part. I like the yeah. second part much better. I like the kid better. He seemed like a brat in the first part to me. And the dog just broke my heart. That was the part that I lost. It was the dog when he finally mm-hmm. brings up. Well, I mean, I, I I didn't as much because you know I could kind of see it coming, but it's still very sweet. But it's it's his the it's Jacob Tremblay's face and response I when know. he sees him. That's like, oh my god, this kid is amazing. I know <laughs> that scene. Oh god. Can you can you can I ask you to just uh, just take a two couple steps back? If he weren't five or six, <laughs> what is what is he seven years old? If he weren't a cute kid, 
Just ask yourself what you think about the performance if you weren't. What do you mean? If he was, if he was what, an ugly kid? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sure what you're asking. Are you asking you're, about you're his just, age or his appearance? We all, we all love the the effort of a, of, a, of an obviously bright and spirited and and talented kid doing a good performance. But kids have have a way of softening us no, no matter what. I mean, because they, they're kids. I just don't know why you have to get so excited about them. It's age and age. <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's, it's large. Fine, I think you know? it's largely because kid performances tend to be run either from precocious to just really bad acting, and I think it's I think it's rare to find a great child actor. And this year had two. I know I that know. were absolutely amazing, and I don't think it's the material. I Who's think the other child actor Abraham Atta. Oh, sure. Yeah, he was good. Except I couldn't understand half of what he was saying, but he was very good. So good. Such a great performance. I wish that movie had done better. Oi. I know. But, uh, yeah. You've been listening to episode 115 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com, and special guest Eric Anderson from AwardsWatch.com. And the bumper music was just dropped in by Tom Jones and Vina Las Vegas. Thanks for listening. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag in bed. I tripped on a clown and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. I pushed my soul in a deep, dark hole and followed it in. I watched myself calling out as I was calling in. I couldn't unwind I saw so much it broke my mind I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in Straight up downtown somewhere 
I said I just dropped in to see what you did. 